0: Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us for the show today. Glad that you're here. So, Mark, you are worship leader from Gateway Worship. You're a songwriter. You've also been in the music industry for a long time because you were part of For Him, which uh, actually, let's see if we can get you to. Do you know this song? We turn the page. Oh, oh yeah i know that you were with for him for i mean you guys were doing that for how long like 20 years uh, well
1: we were active like touring for about 17 um and you know we we met in a group called truth which was like truth was a group that had been around for a long time. I think they'd stayed on the road for 31 years. And it was a group that a lot of college age students would come through and then would go on to either move to Nashville, become a part of the CCM industry, or become worship pastors. And so we were the four guys in an eight member vocal group that had a full band behind them called Truth. And we got approached by Benson Records at the time to form a group called For Him. And so, yeah. Back in 1989, we formed for Him out of truth and uh, man. It was before you were born, man. Before you were born.
0: Yeah, it's uh, man. You guys have so many songs. I was looking at your um, Apple Music page. Yeah, so many albums. How many albums yeah, too, we, did you guys do?
1: Yeah, I think we probably released somewhere around 14 albums in 17 years. Uh, and then there were some other little projects that were like compilations where, yeah. The, company would put together a best of or a greatest hits or a right uh, I think one of them was called simply for him and and so and they were on a bunch of compilations so it's like you kind of look at the history of it you go man you guys were very very like busy and i'm like it wasn't as busy as it looks (laughs) because the compilations you know that's somebody else kind of just putting that together with the songs that we did but right man just great memories
0: there I remember as a teenager, like in the early 2000s, I used to read the magazines. I think there was like a CCM magazine or something where they would always talk about like the Supertones and, uh, you know, all these like night jars of clay, like the 90s, 2000s bands. And I remember for him was in there all the time.
1: Yeah. The thing is, for him, it was interesting because we basically kind of rode the crest of what I think. And I would say, are some of the most significant years in CCM. Yeah, because um, you know it's it like
0: looks, yeah, all yeah,
1: Well, and you kind of look, you look back, and it's like we were that the decade of nineteen ninety th- into two thousand. That ten year span, like, really saw this massive growth of Huge. the contemporary music, and it's because. What happened was they all got purchased by large parent companies that were basically just more aware of how to do it. And so they got the music of each artist to the masses. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we were owned by a Christian company, Benson was, and then it sold and then it continued to sell to other secular companies. And so um and then we were part of word for a while we were part of sony capital all of that and and um so but i i was i had a kind of a front row seat to see it grow and it was exciting it was
0: was cool there is nothing like 90s christian music i think that's my favorite period you know I, i i appreciate you saying that because that's definitely when we were the most active and
1: it was kind of like and i agree with you i mean there I think the thing is what and I, I'm definitely a guy that likes to celebrate what's going on now. So I never want to be the, the guy that says, oh, yeah, not stuck in the past.
0: That. Yeah, right. not,
1: I'm not the guy. And so I'm like, because I know that there's so many talented artists. I mean, when you look at what Zach Williams, Lauren Daigle, what Matthew West has continued to do what Ann Wilson's doing now. And then I've got a lot of friends like Phil Wickham and Josh Baldwin. They're just breaking into the radio market and just having great success. So I'm like, I love what's happening now, but I would have to say there was just something so like new and fresh. And it was new. It was new. It was like we, um, for the first time, the budgets to make Christian albums actually started matching what we were, what people were spending on secular projects. And so quality grew. And, and that's the thing that, and I think the thing is, I, I think songs just, there was more attention and focus on writing songs that sounded more like what radio was playing in the secular marketplace yeah. So the songs actually started sounding a little more like what you would hear if you turned on pop radio.
0: Yeah, right. I remember just going to shows like, yeah, like, you know, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys, yeah. Third Day, Avalon. Like, just that time was just special. And it was, <laughs> like you said, it was like new. It was new. There was something yeah. unique. So how did you get going with Gateway?
1: Well, so... So back in 2006 we talked about just coming off the road and for him and so we gave it one last tour and so we decided to um basically stop touring. So I'm still I mean me and the three guys we're great friends. Uh we still do one or two things a year, you know, if yeah. it comes up, just if it works. Um but we don't record anymore. We could in the future, you know, if there's if we've talked we kicked that thought around lately but i started doing solo ministry the guy that was the worship pastor at the time at gateway he's still here he's one of our executive leaders um he grew up a big for him fan i mean and so um he found out that uh i led worship and i was doing some solo dates and so he called and said hey mark would you come and spend a weekend with us and this was back in like 2000 five before for him stopped touring. And so I would come about every year to Gateway. So I think my first year was 2005, 2004 maybe even. And yeah. so I I started frequenting being here and so then what happened was he would always say, "Man, you're going to be here like you're going to move to Dallas-Fort Worth one day and come on staff at Gateway." And I would always be like, "Yeah. I don't think my wife will ever leave the Gulf Coast." Yeah. We lived down near Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, that real pretty white sand yeah. blue area. And so finally, in 2012, Thomas and I were talking and Thomas just said, you know, Mark, how are you doing? And I, and I told him, I said, I feel transition. And and so he started talking about, hey, what would it be like for you to be an artist in residence at Gateway? At the time, Terry Job, Rita Springer were here. Mm-hmm. and he said we've got space you know if you want to come and you can lead on weekends but you can travel from here and so in 2013 my wife and I moved here and um and it wasn't long before i ended up being asked to be the worship pastor at the main campus yeah and then kind of started inheriting a lot of different things it's a it's a multi campus church so through my time here over the last eleven years matt i've I've held a lot of different uh titles and responsibilities and so uh yeah. through it all, I've been a worship pastor here, so
0: yeah, I'm just curious have you you know you were doing the touring thing with for him for so long, kind of living like rock star you know dream <laughs> artist dream like music- like getting to do what every musician wants to do, yeah. And uh, is it, has it been, have there been times when you're like, oh, I wish I was doing that again, or you did uh, it for so long, or was it kind of like, yeah, that's a chapter and it's over?
1: You know, really what I do now is I, I bring artists into Gateway. I help develop the artist that is Gateway Worship. I help, yeah, um, you know, steward our Gateway Worship Espanol, which is a yeah. collaborative, like, group of some of the largest artists in Spanish yeah, industry and, and, and the Latin world. And so I think now I'm more of a dad to that. So yeah. it's like, it feels like, it feels like where God has me now is really more yeah. like, helping, you know, artists stay healthy, helping them understand the challenges that the road can bring. And then also right trying to, pastor them and make sure that they feel like they have a yeah. safe place to open up and talk, you know? And, yeah, and so I don't, for me, it, it's kind of like my heart shifted so much. Uh-huh. Like I still, let me say this, man, I still use all of what I learned sure. and experienced. And I don't, I look back on that time in my life and there's so many great memories Yeah. at the same time. I love so much of what I'm doing now because it's like, I feel like, yeah, you no, know, I'm able to really kind of take all of the goody of that and give it away, so that sure. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I like that you compared it to that you're kind of a dad now to those yeah. people because yeah. I was actually thinking that it is kind of it's very natural. It's just a new season. It's almost like actually becoming a real dad. Yeah, and that like I think back to you know I I'm a new dad in the past like five years. Yeah. And my life now is so different than it was when I was in my 20s when I could just go out to dinner with friends whenever I want. And that okay. was great and fun. Yeah. But I'm a dad now. And I still get You know what I mean? Like I'm still the same person, but it's just a different season. And Yeah. It's bad,
1: and, well, well, you know, know that, you know, it's and, not bad. And I think that there's so many different ways you could go with that map because as a dad, it's like the things that mattered most to you at one point, they're yeah. not much of the priority anymore. The thing that really stands out is like what you're really drawn to because you're drawn to different things for different reasons. And it's because
0: yeah.
1: um, as a father, you—you you, there's this mechanism inside of you that wants the best for your kids and then yeah. also want to protect them, but you also want to empower them to be able to grow and you want to, you want to mentor them and raise them up. And so I think for me, it's like, um, like I say all the time, both of our, like my daughter and my son are both worship pastors at gateway. Um, And, and then my daughter-in-law is one of our main worship leaders that is on every project. And then son-in-law is over all the video content that you see from gateway worship. So it's family business. And it's like,
0: and
1: I didn't, there's no, like if people said, man, what a great move, you moved there. And that way you could, and I'm like, I didn't strategically do any of that. And yeah. so many times I look and I'm like, yeah, I have biological children, but I have a whole lot of yeah. uh, young worship leaders that I look at. And I'm like, I'm just as much like uh, a yeah. father of what they're doing, because I really feel like it's like, I mean, scripturally, it says, you know, the thing that's going to be lacking is you just don't have many fathers, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we and and one of the beautiful things is yeah, like yeah. today I was talking earlier today. And so there is an artist that I grew up listening to when I was an older teenager and his name is Tim Shepard. And he was a large part of CCM back in the 80s. So uh, yeah. it's like he's on staff, still a worship pastor. He serves with me in artistry. And so both he and I are kind of the dads there. I mean, even when an artist comes in that may not be a part of Gateway, but they're just a guest. Sure. We get them access just to kind of come and hang and spend time and just and basically just have yeah. a place to feel safe.
0: Yeah. Um, right.
1: And it's not that we have anything figured out. Anybody else doesn't. It's just like we just make space for it.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. I wanted to bring it up just because I thought that, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of worship pastors who have either recently kind of left pastoring yeah. at churches, like they got fired or they just got burnt out and left. Yeah. Um, or on the other flip side, they are worship pastors, but have always dreamed of maybe doing what you did
1: <laughs> and yeah, yeah. for
0: him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of wondered how you, you know, kind of have balanced those two things, because now you've done both worlds. Like you've done, you're, you've handled both. They're,
1: they're alike. And then they're very different. Those two worlds, like, because um, both, God uses both, you know, God uses the artist that has songs that challenge and encourage people. And God uses the worship pastor who's soul and primary purpose to be on platform is to mm-hmm. point people upward. And, you know, and, and so it's like, because I explain it sometimes to worship pastors that talk to me about artistry. And I'm like, as an artist, really, it's like, I, I, I did this for years. I, I had a message to sing to people that wasn't encouraging,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes challenging, sometimes you know, it was kind of a sermon in in a song. Yeah. And so I would sing that song and then I would draw them to me so that they could get the message that I had. Yeah. Um, but worship is really not that at all because worship is I've got one hand up and one hand out, and yeah. just the conduit to get them to draw them to him. Yeah. Right. And it's like artistry really is more about me drawing them to me so they can hear my message because. I want them to hear what I'm singing. That's the way I see yeah. it. And I, I see worship as it's kind of a hand up and a hand out. Yeah. And it's right. Not just the intersection of both of those like people connecting to God. And um
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it still requires a handout. So there's a like what I'm saying yeah. is because I've I've been in worship experiences where whoever was leading worship on the platform was just both they were lost in their own worship experience right. and they weren't really leading people yeah and it's a delicate balance like this way because if it's all that then it's like i love that expression mm-hmm. at the same time people could be left behind in the congregation and so it's like so often i'm like man i just want to i'm i'm trying to help Worship pastors, like my artist side helps me say to them, yeah, here's what's different. But you do have to reach out to people like, yeah, I knew as an artist, I, I needed to connect to people that were in the audience just because they were they came, they're looking to the platform for some kind of
0: sure. Yeah. Action, you know? so Yeah. Well, it kind of comes back a little bit to what you were talking about with the father thing. Yeah. You know, it's like. Me sitting down with my kids, and if I just sat there and played with Legos on my own, and they just watch, <laughs> that's not, you know, like they want me to that's play really, with them. I've
1: never heard that analogy, man. Like
0: I let's love play, that like let's build a castle together with the yeah. Legos instead yeah. of you watching me build the, And that's like fathering. Yeah, and that's um,
1: such a good like. I'm going to use that.
0: I love yeah. that. Like play I'm, with your kids. Don't make them watch you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because if you're yeah. going to. Yeah, that's such a true statement. I've never thought of it. I think that's actually so good, that analogy because it's like, well, I I have grandkids, so I could just sit down and I could grab the Legos and they could I could say, watch me as I build something.
0: Yeah. With that's or like not build yeah. together.
1: Yeah, and they could watch it, but yeah, but how to help them experience it? Yeah, it's like I have to make sure that I'm like, yeah, I'm pulling them to where right. I'm going. I see the picture.
0: I wanted to show this to you. That's I wanted a- to show this to you because I, uh, this past Sunday, I was leading worship at, a our church in our town and my daughter, Molly likes to come early with me and I'll set up a microphone and just let her sing through soundcheck with me. And she loves it. Like she just like sings all this. She knows all the words to like, we were singing like living hope there. And she knows every single word to the that thing. is so beautiful. And I think that what is interesting about fathering is that what you do with your children lasts beyond your years. And that's the whole point. You know, it's like, like what we're pouring into our children, that's going to last beyond way beyond me, you know, when I'm long gone and hopefully in generations to come from there. And I think that's the hope for, for worship pastors. If we're fathering our teams, right. Yeah, it's going to have much more ripple effects.
1: Well, it's like you know the thing that I see in that picture is <laughs> you're you're like her little heart and her little mind is dreaming of like what God has for her. It's like it yeah you didn't exclude her and say just watch me, but you involved her and you said, okay, hey, come up, yeah, be a part of this," and yeah. and it's like, and I. You know, I, I'm telling you, I the, there's a picture I have of my daughter. I, I can't pull it up, but it's, it's when she was four, and I'm at her school doing leading worship for chapel, and I'm sitting on the steps, and she's just looking up at me, and it's my favorite picture. I post it every year in a collection of other pictures that are more updated every time she has a birthday. And yeah. it's just because I go back to that moment, and I'm like, yeah. That picture is my most like just my most prized picture of Madison and I. Now, yeah. now she's an incredible worship leader that has this powerful anointing and she leads all the time at Gateway and and she's pastoring people and but it's wow. like I firmly believe like for you Matt like if you want your child to follow in your shadow and in your footsteps, and then one day you realize they're no longer in my shadow. I'm in their shadow. (laughs) Yeah. They're just, and it's so true. Like your ceiling is their floor, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't always happen unless you give them access and you actually are aware that you've got to bring them along.
0: Yeah. So you have to be really intentional,
1: really intentional. But I think, when you just said that earlier about, because I think even with like it doesn't stop there because it it the congregation, the people that I'm in front of, if I'm leading worship,
0: right,
1: I want them to feel like they're in the living room with me and we're having like communion or dinner or fellowship time with God. Yeah. And it's like, right. So it's like if they feel like they're separated watching me in the living room and it's just they're at a theater watching a movie,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's just not the thing that I feel like I don't I just feel like there's a disconnect still in that. And so yeah, uh, I think there's a way that you could overdo that, but I think that that's reason I say it's a delicate balance because it's like I do think that. Um, for you to lead people into God's presence, you have to be, be willing to go there first. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not going to do that, then yeah, then you're just going to lead them to you, yeah, into whatever expression you have. And so, yeah. but I do, I think this—the one thing that I would say is on the weekend it's this, but during the week as I'm preparing, it's this. So it's like I've got to get alone with God. We, I know we just had. Brooke Lidric Wood here for Gateway Conference and and her and I led together at the conference and um and then we she's a friend. I love Brooke, sweetheart and um and just so anointed. And she just mm-hmm. said to me, She said, Well, one of the things that she said on platform that I love is she said, We've been stomping around on platforms and on stages leading worship, and we forgot that we needed to stomp around in our bedroom first. She said, "And until we go back there, we're going to never get the full like a uh, portion of all that God wants to do in the supernatural realm when we're leading worship." And it was just such a great reminder to say, "Hey, we've got to got to pull away yeah. and make sure that we don't get so busy in doing the worship of you know the, the work of leading people on the weekend, but we have to lead ourselves privately." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know everybody's thought about that, but it was such a great call because in that conference were probably four thousand pastors with a yeah. mixture of worship pastors mixed yeah. in. I just thought, man, what a great message for them to hear. For all of
0: them, yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, as a worship pastor at Gateway, what like can you give us a sneak peek into like what your week typically looks like? Are you songwriting all the time? Are you in planning center all the time? Are you in Spotify oh. all the time. Meetings, like what uh, do you even go to work? Like what what do you what do you I'm, do? Today this is my
1: office. This is not my home. This is and uh um I so um I probably lead worship maybe 32 weekends a year right now. Okay. Um so basically what that means is I'm not the like my life is not consumed with always just yeah. being you know a weekend warrior, it's like I do right. that but, but, but I usually work Monday through Thursday in the office sometimes yeah. on the I do we do get a Sabbath every week, and the desire from Gateway is that we have at least two days where we're not really doing much of anything, so if I'm leading for Saturday and Sunday because we have some campuses, the majority of our campuses have Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning services, yeah. So that's a big commitment for the weekend. So if that happens, I try to at least get out of here on Thursday yeah. afternoon and then have all day Friday. That's but, um, but my work week is I'm in meetings, planning meetings. Uh, I have a lot of one-on-ones with worship leaders that lead here that are younger, because like I said, a part of what I feel like the Lord's really called me to be is a um, there was a word that was spoken over me. I'm a Samuel pouring into David's. Now I'm no longer a David. David is tomorrow's guy. Samuel is today's guy. Yeah. And I love that. And so it's like,
0: yeah,
1: I'm, you know, in a, and you think about that, A David needs, needs affirmation and Samuel is the one that kind of gives him that. And, mm-hmm. and so anyway, when that word was spoken over me one day, I was like, man, I love that. I, and yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'm, I can be that I do I'll that identity I'll step into.
0: Yeah, right. And Are so, you songwriting a lot?
1: Yeah, I do. And so um I but at the same time having been a part of writing for so long a lot of what I do is to help develop our songwriters. So yeah. it's it's not only in worship or in pastoring yeah. ministry, but it's also in the craft of songwriting. Um Yeah. Because For years, I don't know that I never, you know, writers that have written, you learn so much through the years. And because I spent so many of of my days in a writer's room in Nashville, writing with one or two other writers and just helping shape the craft of songwriting in my own life, um, a big part of what I have to give away and to impart is just what I learned. And it's like, Mm And no, and I've listened to so many yeah. people teach on songwriting, Matt. That yeah. subject is is so subjective. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, right. Like,
1: yeah, there. I mean, I I've heard some of the guys that I looked up to that have written some of the biggest hits in country yeah. and pop. Yeah. And the thing that I've learned even from them is, it's like they all have different ways of approaching it. Yeah. Now, there are some absolutes, but. Uh, worship breaks them so many times. Yeah, <laughs> so right,
0: right. Breaks, so. do you uh, do you write alone ever? I do. Okay.
1: Most of what I bring even into um, a co-write
0: started uh, alone.
1: Started alone, and if I wanted to, I could finish it alone. But it wouldn't be the same song. Yeah. That it becomes when I share that space with others, and I love that. Um, yeah. Every now and then, there's just a song that I'm like. I know where this goes. I know what it needs to do. And mm-hmm. but but I found that 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 kind I mean I might my I remember the first time I was in Nashville for the very first for him album. And um and for him, I was kind of considered the writer, the main writer. I mean, one of our other guys wrote some, but he really didn't spend as much time doing it. And so yeah, just I remember the first time, I, you know, for the very first album, coming into Nashville for two weeks and just writing with some of the writers that they would put me with. And and I remember going in and thinking, these three songs are finished. And then after walking in with those songs, it was like those songs were so far from finished. Yeah. Um, I just learned so much about a better way to approach it. And so I think my journey in life has been me continuing to walk in rooms and just always being willing to learn.
0: Yeah. And let go of, I think what's hard is actually letting it go.
1: Yeah, it is. I think, and I've learned, you know, the thing that I say to young writers all the time though, is you, you let go because you always have the original of what you had
0: Mm -hmm.
1: willing to let the song take the journey. Yeah. And if it doesn't go in a great direction, you know, you can always say, hey, I don't like where we landed. I like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if you never let go, then you never experience. Um, like I have so many examples of songs that that I thought were complete. And yet when I walked in and allowed other people to speak into the song and then be a part of it. Yeah. And the reality is, is I, you know, I have so many more of those stories than I do of, no, they've got messed up. There's some stories I've got where the song did not go in the wrong direction. Um,
0: yeah. Do you do most of your writing there local in Dallas or do you go to Nashville a lot to write? Uh, or?
1: I Most here, but, but what we do is we have such an active songwriting culture. It's like um, this next week we're bringing in, three writers from Nashville. Um, and there's some locally that actually go to Nashville a lot that aren't a part of gateway that we'll invite to write with us as well. But it's like, I mean, one of them is Chris Davenport who, yeah. Oh, you know, and he's a great writer and he's written with us before. And then another is Callie Heligenthal and
0: yeah,
1: yeah. He and you like, we bring, you know, we brought in Leland, we brought in, um, yeah uh, you know, every time we have an artist that's a guest at Gateway, we invite them to hang around um, and just be a part of yeah of a writing experience. Yeah. So it's like on the last album, yeah. I know we, we had just a, it's like you look through the list of writers and you see a lot of worship artists that stayed around and right.
0: wrote with them. right. Yeah, and you guys have had a busy year. You guys have released two albums. Yeah, completely that's abandoned. Crazy. And yeah, my, down.
1: My recommendation to any other church brand that wants to do that, don't. Yeah. It's a,
0: <laughs> one at a time.
1: One at a time, and one per year, yeah. if. Not. And we slowed down on the back. We didn't slow down really. We're, we're like we had a song review meeting yesterday, and yeah, I think the best thing that we've done. Like I do love that we released those two albums. Like man. Mm-hmm. Completely abandoned. We released that first of the year and first quarter, and it's just such a beautiful album. Um, yep. And Crowns Down was released this fall. And yeah. the thing about the reason we released both is because we had two nights of worship where we recorded yeah. in the same summer. And so they both were captured within a month. yeah, And so, and part of it was, we had pressed pause on recording and writing here for a few years, just because we were adjusting some things. Yeah. And so when we reset and reengaged, we just, all these songs came. And so we really wanted to, you know, it's kind of like the way we looked at it was a parable of the talents.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: You know, if you bury them and you don't, so we felt like it was our responsibility to, to steward the songs and to get them out. So we did that pretty quickly. And, Um, And so now we have another album we're recording next spring and probably be released in the fall of 2024. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But completely abandoned is our, that is the first. And then we got into crowns down and what a blast crowns down was that. That song itself with Josh Baldwin was so much fun to do. And, Mm -hmm. and then, but it's hard because for us, we, we put both of those projects together. Yeah um for the consumer that's not at gateway they i mean obviously they got the information at two separate times so i get that yeah yeah they're like a it's like a and b or part one and part two
0: what's like the number if there's like one song on these two albums that you really hope that worship leaders would maybe play at their church or take a listen and maybe incorporate what what would it be
1: that's hard to do because I'm a writer on some of them and I can't say my songs because it would yeah, be. Very well, you can
0: do it. Well, just no, us, it can just give no, us the song I, that you think, and it can't be stand in your love because everybody okay. knows that song. Okay,
1: yeah, Everybody knows this. Song. Okay. So I would say, Matt, I would say, wow. Can I give you my top five?
0: Yeah, do it. Okay, let me. Do it.
1: Okay. So I love the song. Jesus is my healer. Beautiful song. Mm. I love the song. um uh who else beautiful song well, okay who else is powerful so shes jesus i love crowns down which i'm part of that um i also love a song called a million times and then i would say boy it's tough because there's a song the title cut for my first project completely abandoned beautiful song great worship song but there's a hidden gem in that first album that a lot of people don't know about. And this is a song called, if we don't have you. Hmm. And, uh, it, it's reminds me of the heart of worship type m- moment where, yeah, it was just, a, so I would say those six, I said five. And if I had to pick yeah. one, I could, because I've led them all and I love them all.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to, I didn't listen to Jesus is my healer. Was that it? Was that what it was called? Yeah.
1: It's a great song. I it's like, listen a, to
0: that. yeah, it's like, um, It was our first single
1: off of crowns down.
0: Okay. Um, All right. We'll we'll check that out.
1: Yeah. Check that out because you, and, and honestly, man, like in leading these songs, I mean, they've just gone over like, you know, when you lead a song and you're a worship leader, so you know, this, you kind of find out something about that song that you didn't know. Yeah, right. There have been times where I've loved songs that I've heard, and, and when I lead them, I feel like, man, it's is a little bit harder to lead than it is to hear. Yeah, right. And so right. I think I gave you those songs that I mentioned are songs that I've led that I love to lead. Yeah, that's awesome. The biggest song we've had is a song called I Need You in this new iteration of Gateway Worship. It's like, and it's on the Completely Abandoned album, and it's done really well, but and, yeah, so I, I, if I stay on with you, I'll keep mentioning songs. Like I said, what I told you was we had a lot of songs that we loved and we had a hard time, like, putting it in a yeah. package. So we made two albums and separated them one first quarter, one fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, okay. Wow. Well, I um, I know I've taken a lot of your time. This morning but i had one more question for you i want to leave this one with you um let's just pretend a 16 year old kid comes into your office and sits in that little gray chair back there and he wants to be a worship leader wants to be a dove award-winning songwriter (laughs) and is asking you for advice what advice would you give him hmm you
1: know, I know this sounds um, like it's probably a, a pet answer, but I would just say, um, number one, <laughs> a thing that I've learned is we really don't own anything. We're just stewarding what God places in our hands. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I would just say to that young worship leader, like just never make it so much about you. Like, if you focus um, on Jesus and others and you'll easily love yourself because you'll get so much like fulfillment out of what you get as you focus on Jesus and what and what you get when you focus on and love others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would just say never be afraid if you're a young worship leader or a young songwriter of celebrating the success or the gifts in others. Like it never minimizes you. So be willing to push others forward because God will always, for that person, they will always shine, (laughs) you know? And and it's like, and I've just noticed that in my life. It's like having come through those years as an artist, when we would have the label just kind of building the narrative and the bio and. And it's like I just realized just personally how that made me think some wrong things. And so what I've learned and what I would say to that young person that wants to be that award-winning writer, wants to be an artist or a worship leader on a platform and and people, you know, there's it's like the affection and the admiration of people. You just have to be careful with it because Mm. like the one thing that I've learned is, I can't go low enough. I can't walk in enough humility. Like the more willingness I have to walk and to to like humble myself. Yeah. It's like God always takes whatever I offer there and he then he gives me more joy and more fulfillment and more peace. And it's yeah. like I've met so many people that struggle there and it's like because their identity you know, is not healthy as far as how they see themselves. And so they there's because most of the time when people walk in pride, they walk, they really walk in insecurity. Um, And so I would just say to that young leader, like, keep your eyes on Jesus and then focus on others and celebrate others. Be that person that just gets so much joy out of lifting others up and pushing others forward. And you will never have to try to push yourself forward.
0: Mm. You know, Mm. that's a good word. Mark, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to just encourage worship leaders. And thank you, too, for just all the songs you've written and the years and years you've poured into worship people.
1: Man, you know what? It's just so much fun. I love what you guys are doing at Loop Community. I love that you're providing the resource to the church to be able to do the songs. Thank you for all that you've done to resource the kingdom of God with assets that— like there's so many churches that couldn't do what they do yeah. if you guys weren't providing all of what you do to those churches. And we rely on it. We utilize it. We, And yeah. let me also say, you know, I do believe that um, like worship, it, it, you just think of all the impact that you're having. And it's like, you'll never know, like loop community, you guys will never be able to know. How many people that have walked into churches that have been involved in worship sets that Loop Community is a part of where marriages have been restored, where people that were bound with addiction were set free from that addiction because there was a moment in worship and there was something in <laughs> an enhancement track <laughs> yeah. that softened the heart. And so there's anointing yeah. in that. So I'm just saying thank you guys for what you do. I'm Man. honored to, come to you. and. Man, if you're in Dallas, if you're here and you don't come see us and come hang out with us,
0: yep. Same to you. Come to Chicago if you're. If you know you're- what? We love. I,
1: I'll come. To, when I come to Chicago, it's just all about food.
0: Hit yes. Hit me up. Text me. All right. Next time you're in oh, town, I'm going to take you oh. to. I'm going to take you to a pizza place in Chicago that no okay. one knows.
1: I'm about. a big Chicago pizza fan.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a place that the locals know about. This isn't like one of the big like chain, you know, but this that, isn't Giordano's true. or Luminati's, no, although those are great. Yeah, no, I, you know what, I, I, I go a special to place.
1: I mean, the thing is, is we have one, we had one in Dallas. I think it shut down, but I'm a big, like, I love that deep dish Chicago. Yeah. People,
0: so. Oh, man. I mean, All right. Mark, great to see you. Thanks for, thanks for joining.
1: Great to see you. Thank you.
0: Have All a blessed. See you day. later. You too. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.